Hi loves, welcome back to Strip Down. So excited to have this amazing woman and mama and successful CEO on my podcast today. I've never had this kind of guest before, so I'm very excited to have her on. This is Nicole Moore. She is, like I said, a mama. She has a three-year-old. She's a successful CEO. She's a celebrity love and relationship coach, and she offers extremely helpful tips for couples navigating their work, financial stress, you know, at any time. She has a great following and amazing engagement on her social. She's been featured anywhere from KTLA, Good Morning LA, Authority Mag, Greatest, Thrive Global, Forbes Women. I mean, you, you know, you name it. She's been featured. She recently came out with a really cool new love card deck that has all these different programs and helping you again, navigate with the love and relationship and everything. So I'm so excited to have her on today. She's worked with celebrities, high-end CEOs, you know, powerful and influential women to help them find that ideal partner, as well as fine-tune their, you know, current relationships. She has a 36-module course on teaching the love and intimacy tools for life called the True Love Academy. Nicole, welcome to my show. Thanks for having me. And I You're feel so proud that I'm the first guest of this type. <laughs> yes, you are. You're popping my cherry in that sense. Um, I've had like sex experts on, but I feel like that's like a totally different, you know, level and everything. And this is like just straight up kind of, you know, love and relationships. So I'm super, I'm super excited to have you. I love how you're always empowering, you know, women to be strong and to find, you know, love through loving themselves and then also in their relationships and how to navigate it. So I'm just like so stoked to hear have you on. And I love that you're a mama too, because of course, you know, I'm about to be a mama of two girls mm-hmm. every day now. <laughs> so it's uh, very exciting. So I would love before we kind of dive in, I would love for you to share kind of how you got started on this journey and, you know, became this love and relationship coach to so many celebs and major players. Yeah. So I got started. So I was started as a life coach. So backstory is I was, I was working in public relations when I first got out of college and I was in desk jobs and my soul was being sucked out of me. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking at the time, like, I just had this thought of like, I should like be having a publicist, <laughs> but I didn't have anything then, but I just, I had that vision, you know? But, um, so I, I decided to like quit my job and pursue life coaching. I I did a certification at NYU. I just, it was kind of, everyone wasn't a coach at that time. It felt like this was like nine years ago, nine or 10 years ago now, you know, but I just felt called to study this thing. And when I got you know, certified, I realized, oh, hey, I'm really good at this thing. And so I decided to pursue it. And when I started, every single client that I had wanted to talk about love and relationships, <laughs> like no joke, that's all they wanted to talk about. And I was in a relationship at the time with somebody who I thought was my soulmate. Um, he did not end up being that. <laughs> he ended up being the soulmate that hurts you and makes you realize your wounds, right? But it, that all of that experience going through my own heartbreak and struggle and seeing how literally every single woman just wanted to talk to me about their love relationship at the end of the day, it had me focus on love. It had me focus on relationships. And I just started building my business. I started working with women. I've worked with so many kinds of women across the years, but 
I'm a driven woman. I love working with driven women. So I just started focusing more and more and more on that kind of clientele. And it kind of morphed from there, you know? Um, and it's been a journey of me finding my own love, me teaching women how to do that, me teaching women how to attract in the right man and spreading this message of you deserve to have the kind of relationship that you want and you don't have to settle. I love that. I think that's such a great message. And I think that, you know, us as women, like sometimes we, you know, especially I think single women, we forget sometimes, of course, like that we deserve that and we get caught up in relationships that we shouldn't get caught up in. And, you know, we lose sight of who we are um, in that. And then also too, like same with when you're actually married and you have a great partner. I feel like you go through that again, when, especially when you have a child, you try to find yourself all over again and you're trying to find yourself in your marriage and in your relationship and then find who you are. I know I struggled very heavily with that, um, with my postpartum depression and everything with my first daughter, Amelia. And that was really hard for me to navigate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we definitely have to find ourselves again as a mom and then as a wife or then whatever relationship we're in, you know, but the thing is that, and I went through that too. I had postpartum anxiety, not depression. And, oh, yeah. uh -huh. Right. I felt like I, I did feel like I lost myself for a while, but then like, I just hit this point and I don't know if you hit it too, Ali, but I hit this point where I was like, the woman that I was before I had these things, I really liked her. Like I really liked who I was before I had my husband, before I had my son, you know, and I, I, I decided I'm going to get a little bit of that back, but I'm also going to mesh her with the person who I am now and become something even better. And I think that's what happens for most of us. If we, if we focus on it, right. If we don't make it mean I lost myself and I can never find myself again. I sat down and I thought about, you know, when I first met my husband, I told him, I said, I am a mermaid. <laughs> like, you cannot like try and tie me down so much. I got to swim free. And then you, you, I'll swim to you. I promise. But there is this quality that I had of like being this free mermaid. And I thought about that in those moments where, you know, when you first have the baby and you're trapped and you're breastfeeding and you're oh, like, yeah. you're totally like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought about that was my visual. And I think every woman can, can kind of personify whatever it is that she feels like she used to be. So for me, it was like this energy of this free flowing mermaid. And I just kind of called that back. I thought about how can I bring that energy in now in smaller ways? Cause usually that's what happens after you have a child and you have other things in your life. It's never going to be the same as it was, but you can always have those little moments. So I try and have my little mermaid moments now where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to try and feel a little bit more free now. I'm going to start visioning, you know, a trip here or there, or what I want to do to feel free. And I bring that energy in. Right. I love that. I think that's such a great way to visualize that. And you're right. I think that all of us, whether you go through postpartum depression, anxiety, or you just literally lose your identity, I think that in you know all different ways depending on what you're experiencing in life whether it be becoming a mom becoming a wife you know like you said a change in title a change in who you actually are it really does affect you and especially obviously us as women who are emotional creatures and you know are led by our lovely hormones and everything else it's like you really do take that on and you sometimes forget who that person was, like you said, like, I love that Nicole, like, oh, I love that Allie. And you forget who that person is in those moments. And you have a hard time getting back to it at first. 
Yeah. And the other thing I think that happens when you change your title. So first of all, energy is real. I remember when I first got like an engagement ring on my finger, I kind of was like, whoa, it's a change in energy. Like I didn't expect it, you know? And then like with each step, when you be, I felt like when I became a mom, I was like, there is this whole mom universe that was happening. And I was like living in the world and it's there. And I feel like I plugged into it after I became a mom. So there's like, there's very real energy changes, I think. And there's, there's a lot of should. So, you know, the mom guilt and when I'm a wife, I should be this. Or if I'm, uh, if I'm a girlfriend, I should be this. And I think the shoulds weigh us down. And we find our freedom when we think about, well, what's the version for me? So there's no one way to be a mom, but what's the best way for me to be a mom? There's no one way to be a wife, but what's the best way for me to be a wife? Because I feel like when we do that, when we're in the shoulds, we get dried up. I know I feel like I have no juice on the inside, you know, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm just like trying to make my way through life. But when I, when I let go of the shoulds and I start thinking about, okay, if I could, if I could have motherhood as I wanted it to be, what would that look like? If I could have my relationship as I wanted to be, what would that look like? All of a sudden, there's so much more freedom. Even if you can't make those shifts right now in this present moment, just dreaming about it the way you want it to be shifts your energy and you start to feel like more excited about yourself and about your life again. So well said. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, you saying like really thinking and visualizing like what that looks like for you, I think is a really good tip because when I went through my postpartum depression and I had a postpartum specialist, part of the therapy was a lot of visualization and like writing out and drawing out what it was I wanted, what it was I was missing and all these different things on different scapes of my life of like some of it being super past and then some of it being very present. And then of course future. And I didn't realize how helpful that tool was until I really started doing it. Mm -hmm. And then when you start to see that the things you thought about in the future become created in your life and they manifest, you're like, oh my God, this visualization thing works. Right. Totally. (laughs) True. Yeah. And I think it's funny because like, it's funny, like, you know, the way you said it, because I think a lot of times, especially obviously being like in California and LA and San Diego, whatever, everyone's like, woo, woo, woo. You know, I'm originally from New York. I moved out here over a decade ago, you know, and so people be like, oh my God, you become so woo woo. And I'm like, no, listen, I get like some things you can't get on board with. That's fine. But if you really think about, like you said, like when you're writing things out and you're really visualizing and you're, you know, praying, meditating, speaking it out into the universe, and you're really like seeing it, I think that there is something to that because you are bringing forth that energy of, I really want this, or I really claim this, or this is really important to me, or this is what I see for my future. That's where I think like the woo woo gets kind of pushed aside. And it's like, but no, this is like actual me laying this out here and then seeing it happen versus just going, I would really love a car and then expecting it to appear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, you got to visualize and then you have to take the steps. But here's why, by the way, I'm a native New Yorker too. I live there my oh, whole life. Yeah, Upper East Side, born and raised. I came to California because I had an intuitive feeling that the love of my life was in California. So I packed wow. up. I met my husband three months like after I moved. And so I have that like New Yorker in me too. But people always like people from my whole life were like, I feel like you're from California. So I think there were signs all along. But 
what I like the woo stuff. So visualizing what you want, believing that it can be real, believing that your intentions actually have an effect. I mean, even Oprah says she doesn't do anything without an intention and she's a billionaire. So like these things are real, but I like the woo stuff simply because it makes me feel better. And I think if people can like take away from like, oh, well, if I visualize a car and it doesn't happen, that means it didn't work or anything like that. And they can just simply say, okay, when I'm visualizing what I want, when I'm thinking it can happen, I feel better in this moment. Like that to me is the reason to do it because it makes you feel better in this moment. But then it's about taking the inspired and aligned action. So for example, you're having a problem in your relationship right now and you sit and you envision it being better. That's probably going to help you feel more open towards your partner. But then you have to take the step of maybe communicating, right? Like there's always action to take. But for me, the woo stuff, it just makes you feel good. And I think there's so much value to doing things just because they make you feel a little bit better and a little bit more open. And then you can take the action steps. Yeah, I love that. I think that's, I think that's really great advice. So let's dive into, I love the backstory. I love how you kind of got here. Let's talk about now this whole love and relationship and how you really got heavy and invested in this and obviously have made a real business out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I went through my own lessons. Like I said, I was in a relationship. I thought it was a soulmate. He ended up being emotionally abusive, cheated on me multiple times. And that was when it was like a wake up call for me. So I was, by the way, at that time that I was in the relationship, I was helping people get married already. <laughs> like I was oh, wow. helping I was helping other people. Like I was, I was just really good at this thing of helping other people. But there was a time where it was like, my love life was a mess. And then, you know, I got out of that relationship after he like cheated on me again and again, it was like a whole process. And I felt a lot of shame at first because it's like this whole, who am I to teach this? And what am I doing? But Then I said, okay, Nicole, like you are going to do the work on yourself. You're going to dive deep and you're going to create the result for yourself. And in doing that, it gave me so much belief in everything I was doing for other women because I did it myself. I went through the journey. I had to figure out why did I attract in someone like that in the first place who treated me poorly? Why didn't I leave sooner? Like, why didn't I think I deserve better? I did the deep inner work to do that and I raised my standards over time and with each date after that ex I just kept it's like I kept going higher and higher and higher with each dating experience until I met my husband but it gave me this really deep certainty and I think that that's part of what has helped me build a successful business I am confident like I really honestly feel like any woman, if she comes my way and she needs help with her love life, I know 100% without a shadow of a doubt that I can help her because I've done it for myself. But I've talked to, I've literally talked on the phone to thousands of thousands of thousands of women about their love lives. And when I did that over the years, I started to see patterns. I started to see that some women have this pattern with men. Some women have that pattern with men. So there's confidence sells, right? Confidence helps you be really successful. I think some of that comes with experience for sure. But I will say, I kind of always had, like, I always believed ever since the beginning of my business, it was like this feeling of like, and this is going to be a success even though I had moments of insecurity along the way, for sure. 
Sure. No, and I think I, I love that you said that because I always say, you know, coming from the stylist and fashion world before anything else, I always say confidence is your best accessory. And I think that that applies to so many different parts of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I love it. So you were helping people get married before you were really even like fully in this and committed to it. So what was it like just friends and whatever, when you first started, because you weren't even in a place to really start since you were dealing with your own, you know, no, I mean, I had clients. I, I, I did. I had, I had clients. So I, I mean, I went out there. Well, remember at the beginning, I thought I was in this great relationship. Like I really wasn't trying to be like, oh, I have this horrible relationship and I'm helping you. Like I literally thought <laughs> I was in a soulmate relationship. I was just kind of hypnotized at the time. So yeah. I just, you know, where I first started, I got, I went and got pro bono clients and I worked with them and then I did workshops and then I helped them. I will say when I, when I went through the breakup, that horrible breakup, I did shift my marketing like for the time being. So I stopped focusing so much on like attracting the one because I knew I had work to do to heal. And I started focusing, everything I put out there was about attracting in more dates, attracting in better men. Cause that I knew it's, it's the confidence thing that I knew I was confident at that. I knew I could help people with. So when I was going through a hard time personally, I didn't like try and paint a bow over it and then like tell everyone like, I've got this, I'm amazing. And I can help you with it. I did pivot my marketing and my messaging and some of my programs, I created a program like it's like men attraction, like bootcamp, you know, like I created things that were in my wheelhouse at the time. And then I expanded as time went on and I found the relationship. That's when I created true love Academy. So everything has evolved as I've personally evolved for sure. Yeah. Well, and I love that you shared that because I think a lot of times, you know, women that are in these positions or going through their own struggles, that they just look at people, you know, like yourself and they say, oh my gosh, but like, look at her and look what she did. But you just said yourself that you took the time to work on yourself, really hone in on that, work on your craft, work on you as a person and choose to evolve. And I think that there's a huge, you know, um, shift when that happens, because I went through, you know, a very similar thing myself that I had to really work on myself and work on Allie and shift in motherhood to be able to be where I am now in, you know, business and everything I'm doing and to be able to feel good about me and really work on me and figure out that relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we all have to do it at some point. Right. And there's always, there's some trigger that happens for some people. It's like motherhood for some people. It's the relationship area for some people. It's their body. You know, the more I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I feel like everyone just ends up having to do the same kind of inner work. I mean, if they want a great life and to have it all, of course, but I feel like everyone ends up having to do the same inner work. It's just kind of like where your life causes you to focus. Like some people suffer in love, some people suffer with their body, but like at the end of the day, I feel like we're all human beings and we all have to go through that journey, right? Of learning to love ourselves, learning to prioritize ourselves, learning to stand up for ourselves. And, you know, it's cool that we all go through it in these different areas because then when we've mastered it in one area or you have different expertise, Sally, right? Like we can help the people who their issue, their problem area is the same as yours. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's well said. And and you're right. I think it really depends on, you know, different areas that you're affected in, like everyone is different. And I agree with you as far as like having to do the work. And it's interesting when you, when you say that, because you would think like 
everyone would want to do the work, but I have come across even in my styling business, so many women that just, they just sit in it. And I was guilty of that too at one point, but like you said, eventually you have to kind of shift and pivot and then decide, am I going to do the work? What am I going to do to make things happen? And how am I going to change things? And some, you know, especially women, I think they just choose, I don't know if maybe they choose to sit in it or they don't know how not to sit in it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't know how. I think, I think, you know, change is scary. Looking at, I think a lot of people are scared to look at their stuff because I think most people have this fear deep inside. If I look within, like there's going to be something so scary that I'm not going to be able to face, or I'm not going to really like what I see. And what I found to be true in my own life is that like, certainly it can be painful. Like if you're, if you realize you're doing something incorrectly, let's say, or you're treating someone poorly, or, oh, I wasn't showing up confidently there, or I made a mistake there. Like, it can feel painful at first, but for me, it's like, I realize that every time I shift something or grow through something, I get something better on the other end. (laughs) You know, like, if you grow in your confidence, for example, you will get a lot of rewards on the other side of that. If you shift your fear of public speaking, right, you'll get a lot of rewards on the other side of it. So I think it can be helpful for people who are hesitant to kind of just like dive within and do some inner work. Think about the rewards, motivate yourself by thinking about what you are going to get on the other side of this. Cause human beings, we like prizes and we don't like pain, you know? So oh. if, you can, if you can make, make a prize at the end of the tunnel, you're way more motivated to, to dive within for sure. Oh, I love that. I think that's such a good point and a great tip. So going into you being, you know, a celebrity and, you know, relationship expert, what are some tips you have for people to be able to kind of dive deep like that and to work through their shit to be able to then be in a hopefully successful and loving relationship? Yeah, well, I will say in every single person I've ever worked with, whether it's somebody living at home with their parents or a celeb, (laughs) it doesn't really matter. Human beings are the same. The reason that people don't have happy, successful relationships always, always, always has to do with things that they picked up about how love and relationships are in their childhood and in their early life. So we pick up certain things like um, my dad left or he wasn't there for me that much. So people are unavailable and I have to chase, chase people to win love where my mom was super critical. So now I'm a perfectionist and I'm freaking out that if I don't say or do the right thing, then somebody's going to leave me. So the biggest thing and the number one thing I think people can do if they actually want to heal, if they actually want great love, listen, anybody could go to a bar right now and pick up a dude or a chick that sucks or is basic <laughs> and they can have <laughs> Like anyone can do that. If you want a boring, basic relationship, you can have your pick. It's very easy. If you want a great relationship, though, it kind of takes being as clean and clear as you are on the inside, as free of emotional hangups and dramas and assumptions and all the stuff that makes us like fight with people and not have great relationships. As clean as you are, the better it's going to be for you to relate with someone else and the better partner you're going to attract. So just spend a little bit of time thinking about what did I learn about love and relationships as a child that maybe isn't the best, isn't the truth. Like what 
what did I feel I had to be in order to win the love of my like parents? Where did I, through no fault of my parents, but where did I not receive the love I wanted? And when you write all that stuff down, you're probably going to see, oh, my love life is reflecting that right now. And then step two is to look at, okay, but what do I choose now? What do I choose now? I will tell you, Ali, I literally wrote down one time, what are all the ways that my parents failed to love me. Not, this is not about blaming them. This is about saying they were human beings, they did their best, but there were ways that they failed to love me. And I wrote them down. And then right next to that, I wrote, I deserve to have XYZ in a relationship. And it was like the opposite, right? So if my, like, my mom didn't like tuck me into bed at night and care for me when I was sick, you know? <laughs> like, it sounds like a little thing, but I can't even imagine not doing that with my son. But, you know, our parents had different stuff to go through. And I wrote, down all the ways I deserved to be treated and I really really truly felt it in my being like this is what I deserve I swear to God my husband gives me those things in abundance like it's like crazy how each and everything that I finally got I deserve this he gives it to me so you have to look at what you didn't get not with a blaming eye at your parents in the past but just with like an honest understanding of what you didn't get look at how you're playing that out now maybe choosing partners who repeat the same patterns or repeating yourself and then ask yourself okay if i was fully loved as a kid if i did get everything i wanted how would i feel what would it look like and let that inform how you deserve to be treated now I love that. That's beautifully said. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so with that being said, once you get into this relationship, and I'm sure obviously that's where this comes, like where you're coaching them and everything, but just to give people an idea, if they were in a relationship and they're like, okay, I've got the guy or girl that I want. I'm, you know, I'm so finally happy. I think I'm in a really good relationship, but I'm still noticing whatever issues could be, you know, with, them could be with the other whatever it may be that come up and then they come to you how do you kind of look at that relationship and start to give advice yeah well I mean you're asking me what advice would I give yeah well and I mean I guess just kind of like an idea for those that are listening like of like how you go about it and like what your, you know, like, like what your process looks like. Yes. Okay. So first of all, if, um, a a couple is coming to me or a person is coming to me and they're saying they have problems in their relationship, what I usually recommend to them is you take a specific amount of time, whether it be 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, and you decide that every time you have a complaint about the other person, you're going to first look at yourself because here's what happens. The issue in relationships is that, People come together at like various levels of healing, if you will. And what happens is we get triggered, right? Somebody says something and it's like, oh, like that hurt. And then we go into our defense modes or we're uh, a bitch to our guy and we don't realize it. And that reminds them of how their mom was. People get triggered and then we're in our defenses. And it's really hard then to distinguish who's kind of like in the wrong, who's, who's, acting right, who's acting wrong. And we, we, we tend to make it about the other person. So what I always recommend is you say, okay, for 30 days, if I have a complaint about the other person, I'm going to stop and I'm going to look within, I'm going to ask what's really going on here. Usually if you have a complaint about the other person, the real root cause is something has gone off in your relationship with yourself. Like you're not feeling that sexy. And so you're like, why is my husband not uh, complimenting me? Right. Or something has gone off 
in your relationship with life, like you're feeling scared or stressed or whatever, and we project that onto our partner. So if you look at, okay, I'm having this issue with my partner. I think that he's not cleaning the dishes enough, right? It might be that. Sure, but you would first want to look at, okay, but is something really going on with me? Is something really going on with my life first? And kind of see if there's anything to clear. Basically, you want to ask yourself, if I felt whole, if I felt happy, if I felt not stressed, if I felt great in this moment, would what my partner is doing really be a problem? If it wouldn't, and you realize it's really you, then you do the work on you. If you realize, okay, you know what, even if I felt super great, this would still be a problem, then you communicate with them. And you use loving communication with them. Like you would say something like, hey, I noticed that you know, you said you were going to do the dishes. And then I noticed this morning they weren't done. Did something get in the way of that happening? So you see, that's not blaming. You're not like, what's wrong with you? You never do the dishes. You haven't done them for five years. You're just asking asking, um, a curious question. But usually what happens is like when people stop focusing so much on the other partner and what they're doing wrong, and they kind of go within first to look at what do I need to shift within me? the problems with the partner, either they go down or the opposite happens. They become so glaring because you realize, no, it really is them. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, okay, I have to face this. I have to, I have to communicate about this. So we usually do that first, just to get a sense of what's really going on. Because it's hard to know what's really going on in the relationship. If you don't do that pause of like, I'm actually not going to make it about them for a little bit first so I can see clearly afterwards what's really going on. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. And like what you said, like, if don't, you know, you've done the dishes in, you know, five years, like what the hell, like it's true. We're all, we're all guilty of something in that nature that is tedious, but obviously builds up over time that it's like, what are you doing? But you're right. Like getting back to the basics of like, okay, we discussed this. How can we make this happen moving forward is a way better approach than just jumping down someone's throat. And even my own husband, you know, we've been, I mean, we'll be married, you know, at the end of, you know, this uh, month of May, um, you know, eight years. And we've known each other for a decade because he came out with me from New York and like, we'll, you know, we'll have our moments and he'll even say to me, like, you know, instead of saying, like, I told you to start Mm -hmm. your sentence, like you could just answer me in a more polite way. And I try to, you know, um, work on that. And I'm not good about it always, especially right now being so pregnant, I just snap and say, you know, whatever I need to say, but it's like, he says it to remind me and to check me to be like, okay, well, you know, that wasn't really the nicest way to tell me. Or if he says something to me, I'm like, well, that kind of snapped at me and hurt my feelings, you know? And I think it's important, even though it's hard to um, sometimes have those conversations, it's really important to be able to voice that versus just kind of letting it go. Yeah. And I think it's good. So I, for example, if I, my husband is not like, I'm a very strong, like powerful woman, but my husband's not a pushover, but he is, he is easygoing. Right. And he's always, he's always like looking at how to help me. But if I ever, if I do something that offends him, he'll bring it up right away. And I really appreciate that because it's dangerous in relationships when people just stew, right? Like they don't even tell you that you did something to offend them and they're just like stewing on their own. And then they're like adding to it. And then they're, you know, in their mind, they're like, oh, this person always does this. Or maybe it's not going to change. If you just communicate, like I think couples need to, I call it cleaning as you go. Like you clean a house as you go. If you don't clean your house often, it's going to get very messy very quickly. But if you clean it, you know, 
regularly, things are going to go a lot smoother. So I think all couples need to be voicing stuff as it happens and not letting it fester. So I think it's great that you and your husband do that. This is why you've been married for eight years, right? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, it's like, it's not easy. And I think that, you know, sometimes like we're lazy about it and we don't call certain things out and it does fester and we have our moments, but like overall, especially being together for so long now and now parenting together, like we call each other out and we try to work through things and try to talk through things. And I agree with you that communication is just a huge part of all that. And the more you communicate, even though sometimes it feels like it's too much, it really does help. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, I, like I teach this to women. I don't, as, this is for women, but I have this whole thing called feminine loving communication. And I teach them like how to say the thing you want to say without being bitchy, <laughs> you know, or like demeaning the guy. And I, I think it's like really important, especially for women to know, because I think so many times women in particular are afraid of speaking up. Oh my God, if I say something, he's not going to like it, or he's going to leave me, or he's going to reject me. But I, as women, as powerful women, we need to make our voices heard in relationships. And sometimes, like you said, like when you're pregnant, it might come out snappy. When I was pregnant, I swear to God, if my husband asked me the same question twice, I like shot venom. (laughs) The hormones, like I just remember being like, do not ask me again. Like I just felt so irritated. So there is hormone issues, but I, I think it's really important for women to understand that you deserve to have your needs and requirements met in a relationship. And part of that includes you speaking up and asking the other person and giving them like a chance to give you what you need. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I I so like echo that with like the venom and the hormone. I mean, like, Justin, you just asked me the simplest thing and me being like, so done and this baby girl, like my doctor said is cooked and ready to roll like any day now like I'm just so done and I'm so uncomfortable she's so low like it's just all the things on top of hormones that it's like don't ask me anything because even ask me what I want to eat I want to bite your head off you yeah. know <laughs> it's like, true. to a whole different level like totally yeah. different level hormones yeah. are crazy hormones are like a whole separate thing I didn't realize how much hormones could actually affect your mood until like I was pregnant and then I thought wow these are really powerful like hormones are no joke yeah exactly they're no joke and then it's like and then it's like you become a mom and those hormones go crazy like it's just like this like never ending in the beginning like flow of just crazy hormones and it's like Oh my God. It reminds me of, I just had a, um, a funny like vision in my head. I'm now trying to remember what is the movie. Oh, um, knocked up. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh remember when, um, what's his face is yelling at her and he's like, fuck you hormones. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, not you, but your hormones are being a bitch. You know, and like, her face is like, what the hell? But he's like, seriously, fuck you. (laughs) But it's so true. Like you just get in that moment and you're like, how do I, you know, how do I navigate that? And I feel like that's kind of where you get a pass in your relationship. Like even Justin has said, he's like, I'm only dealing with this because you're so pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great that he's under, like he's understanding, you know? And I think men can be more understanding too. I think women, a lot of times, when they love someone, our tendency is to be very understanding, right? Or like, I love him, you know, like women do this all the time, but I love him. And so (laughs) like let things kind of, I think it's okay. I think men, 
the good thing is sometimes that they will more evaluate, like, is this person right for me? Like, what do I really want for a relationship? Or they might be like more hesitant to commit. But the good quality of that is like making sure you have what you want. And then women on the flip side tend to be more like, okay, red flag, but I love him. You know, but I love him. And I think we got to meld together. Like men got to be a little more understanding and women got to have a little bit more boundaries and like respect for themselves. And that's how it's going to work. Totally. No, I love that. And so like kind of pivoting with that, within the conversation, we're all obviously staying at home, you know, uh, you know, being sheltered at home right now. What are some of your tips right now with couples having, you know, whether it be stupid little issues about the dishes or whatever, or actual bigger, you know, issues uh, in the relationship? What are some of the things that you're giving as advice to couples that are trying to navigate their relationships and also their romance? with being Mm -hmm. at home yeah so I think first if you're in a couple that's like a good partnership like you're not there's not glaring issues coming up but you're getting stressed with each other just remember this a lot of it is stress we are we are experiencing such high levels of stress right now even if you're a person like me that doesn't watch that much news you go out and you see I I get freaked when I see people in the mask I'm wearing a mask too but something about seeing the mask like freaks me out so we do have to give each other a little bit of passes to say probably my husband or wife or whoever isn't like a monster. They're just really stressed and people act different ways when they're stressed. Some people take out and other people, some people shut down and go inward, you know? So you really have to be thinking about when my partner is stressed, what is their like style? Like what do they do? And if they're doing that, just like understand they are stressed. They're not trying to hurt you. They're stressed. The appropriate response is love. If your kid is stressed, you don't yell at them and make them wrong, right? You give them love. (laughs) So give your partner love as much as possible when they're stressed, give them a pass and then unite together. Like the, the enemy is not each other. The enemy is this virus, right? That's going throughout the world. So you have to keep reminding yourself, like me and my husband every day, we say, you know, we're a team. In the morning, we talk about what's the game plan for the day. And I'll say, I have this, this, and this today. And he'll say, I have to do this today. And we like huddle, we huddle together and we say, we're a team. We're in this together. What do we both need to do today to make sure that everything gets done? And so we're more united together versus like nitpicking each other. If you're in the partnership where issues are coming up right now and you're like, oh my God, I'm with this person and this thing is really annoying me or I'm wondering if they're the right person for me. I mean, now is the time to talk about it. <laughs> when else When else are you going to talk about it? So I recommend you get a bottle of wine if you have a bottle of wine and pour a couple of big glasses and just get real with each other and say, like, what do we really want? Are we really aligned? And are these issues that like we can work on? Because it's scary times right now, but it's also time. I think it's like what's highlighting is, hello, like you, you could die, like things are happening in the world. So you might as well be making sure that you're in a position to get what you want. And sometimes that means leaving a relationship, but sometimes it means having an honest conversation with your partner and saying, like, we both need to take this relationship higher. Are you up for that? Yeah, no, that's so true. And I think also too, you know, it's, it's kind of like, people keep saying this on social, but I really do like believe it. And I've been trying to do it for myself too. It's like, 
finding the silver linings. Like, you know, you are at home and you are, you know, hopefully with your loved ones or someone that you love in a relationship. And it's like, you know, you look at that time and say, okay, yes, it is stressful. Yes, it is so hard right now. We're all trying to have space and balance and do all these things and everything else and run businesses from home and the whole, you know, nine yards. But at the same time, it's like, you also are getting to be safe at home with your family or your partner or whatever it might be. And you're getting to enjoy that time. And I keep reminding myself, especially being like so pregnant and everything, you know, with our daughter, it's like, we are having these special moments, just us three and getting to bond with her and even just her getting to bond with Justin and all that, that we wouldn't have had before, you know, becoming a family of four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of silver linings and it's easy. I will say to people listening, like it is easy for people who haven't like lost someone through this. And like, there's, there's a lot of layers of difficulty for a lot of other people other than like having to stay home and manage a business and children. So I, I do have compassion for the people that are going through something harder, even though for me, I'm like, yeah, it's stressful times too. But I have like, I have clients and women in my community who are literally posting I haven't had a hug in like six weeks. I'm dying for physical affection. Like I hear the other side. I hear the single women and what they're going through right now. And you better believe every time I hug, I hug my husband during this time, I'm thinking about how other women are like dying for physical touch right now. So I think what you said is so true about finding the gratitude in your situation and thinking about how like other people, what you have right now, other people are wanting helps. And then also just accepting, yes, and I'm very stressed <laughs> at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. And being, and I think like being honest and real about that just in general is like so important, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of just like admitting, admitting what is there. That's also a great like relationship tip. You know, it's like you can, you can admit your feelings. Like you, you can tell your partner what you're feeling. You can tell yourself what you're feeling. Um, like having a feeling for a moment isn't a bad thing. It's more when we deny them and repress them, that stuff starts to get wonky, like in ourselves and in our relationships. So like whatever you're feeling is the right thing to feel at that moment. And as you acknowledge it, most of the feelings will just kind of like shift on their own if you just are willing to see them. So like for me right now, I'm like, if I feel stressed, I will just say, I feel stressed. Like I admit it. I feel stressed. It's a stressful time. It's okay that I feel stressed. And is there anything I can do to make it better? You know, like you can feel the feeling and then you can also think about, is there an action step I could take to do something about it? Right. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, like there's always some action step, even if it doesn't feel like it's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if there isn't, it's sometimes like a mindset shift. Like today, honestly, because I was filming like videos all day and I was doing different interviews and stuff. And I, I wasn't, my husband is watching my son a lot today. And my son is so clingy to me, which is what I wanted. I totally wanted like <laughs> a son who was obsessed with me. So I, I like, no, I manifested that. But I had moments today where I was thinking like, I feel guilty. I feel like guilty. Like it's, I think it's this crazy thing that moms do. It's like, I still have to work on like, if my husband is watching my son, sometimes I'll feel guilty, even though he's the parent too, you know, <laughs> like, I think it's just a mom. I don't know if it's a mom thing or it's a me thing, but, but so I, there, like, it wasn't necessarily, there was something I could do in that moment. But then I had to remind myself, Nicole, 
everything you're doing today is for you. It's for the family. Next week, like we're, we're driving to LA because we're moving there. You're going to have a lot of time with him. So it's just like a little mindset shift is, was the only thing I could do in that moment to think, no, don't feel guilty. You're doing something that's actually good for you and the family. Sometimes it's all we can do is change our mind, but even just changing our mind can help. It can be a miracle sometimes just to change your mind, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that that echoes in all obviously ways of life is that mind shift, but especially right now, how important that is. And speaking of a mind shift, I wanted to ask you about, okay, so we talked about relationships, talked about, you know, being at home and all that, but for those that are like actually in the dating space right now and are thinking about, you know, finding someone or wanting to date or still wanting you know, that connection and love. I know you've spoken about how many view, you know, this pandemic as a time to quit dating and romance altogether, but you're yeah. like, no, love mm-hmm. has to grow and spread faster than the virus and everything else. And I love yeah. that because I completely agree with that. Um, I want to hear some of your key tips and your views on this and your thoughts. Yes. I mean, my tip is, listen, let's look at this positively, of course. So I think people have to get over online dating right now. If you have any objections, I mean, I met my husband on Tinder, so I'm certainly like not anti online dating, but, but here's how you need to look at it. If you're single, okay, there is this resource called the internet (laughs) and the internet allows you to connect with potentially, I don't know how many people, thousands, hundreds of thousands, the internet allows somebody, you know, on the other side of the world or down the street to be able to connect with you. And you can be sitting on your couch in sweatpants, picking popcorn out of your bra that fell into your bra and you can meet your husband. Like, it's not a, the thing I'm saying is that it's not a bad thing. It's like, we need to look at the resources on the internet as a good thing. And I would think if you're single right now, what I would be thinking is all the really great guys or girls, like they're all sitting at home right now thinking about how they really want a relationship. Like there has never been a better time to go online dating and find a good person because yes, are the crappy losers, weirdos still going to be online? They are still going to be online, but, (laughs) but, but, but the good people are going to be on there too right now because they're sitting at home and they have like nothing else to do. So it's kind of like a really great opportunity to find the good people. So I would be online dating for sure. I would be setting up virtual dates if you can. And if you're not going to date, then bringing it back to the woo woo stuff, the very least you can do is sit and think about, okay, let me create a vision for my love life. Let me start feeling the feelings. So if I'm going to come out of this pandemic and I'm going to be with the love of my life, what would that feel like? Like every single day, feel the feeling of being with that person a little bit more and decide to use this time in your favor. You can sit at home and you can feel, you know, lonely the whole day and like it's not working in your favor. And like I have a lot of women saying, I wanted to have a child and I'm 39 and now this is delaying me. You know, like there's like women feeling like that, like they're running out of time and they were already running out of time. And now what are they going to do? You can let those feelings fester or you can feel them and then say, but what do I want? And what can I focus on now? And you can focus on dating. You can focus on your vision. You can focus on inner work, right? To heal yourself and become more confident now. So when you do get out and go date again, um, you have a way better chance. But I think that 
relationships and love overall are just on people's mind more now, which means there is more opportunity than ever now to find someone really great. Yeah, I think that's such a cool perspective to have because I've even said to my husband, like, I feel like there could be some really cool dating stories that come out of this time if people actually allow themselves to be vulnerable. And I think that when you allow yourself to be that vulnerable and real and raw, there is something beautiful that happens and you're kind of forced in it in this time we're in now. Whereas, you know, when life was what it was before, people could just kind of have a facade and go about things and whatever. Now you're really being forced to like dig into who you are and to show that in the dating world. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You're not too busy to date right now. It's like, no, true. true. Like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that. I think that's such great tips and, you know, advice for like, just, you know, anyone, whether you are in a relationship or, you know, you are looking to date. I just think you covered so much about different ways to navigate this time, but then also just romance in general, because like you said, romance doesn't die just because of a mm-hmm. pandemic and love. And I love that your message is love can grow and spread faster than the virus, because I've been saying that all along. It's like, okay, we can have our fears. We can have all these things, but if you allow that to take over, then that's what that's going to become. But if you allow love and relationships and all that to be what is the forefront of this, then that is going to spread way faster than anything else you can imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when things happen in the world and there's crises, like it really highlights the most important thing is your love relationships. Not that we shouldn't be like passionate and do our work and all that stuff, of course, but it's like at the end of the day, the most important thing and what we're going to think about, it's like, is the relationships that we had. It's those relationships of our partner, of our children, of our friends, of our family, all of that is what matters. And so there's a focus on that right now. So the people who are single have a beautiful opportunity to say, I admit this matters to me. (laughs) Like I admit it, I want it and let me go get it. And people who are in relationships have a beautiful opportunity to say, let's take it to the next level. Like this is, it looks like it's a really big, scary thing happening out there, but it's a contraction, you know, because you're about to give birth. (laughs) Big contraction that can lead to something higher and more beautiful if we let it. Right. I love that. I think that that's amazing. Well, you've given so many great gems and when the world does open up IRL, we're going to have to like meet in person and give each other an actual real hug um, and everything. But is there anything else you'd want to leave us with or share before I let you go? I just want people to know that you can have the love that you want and you deserve to have it and there are no limits, and you deserve to have your needs met, (laughs) and you can raise your standards, even if you're in a relationship, like, it can get better, so whatever you're thinking now is the limit of the amount of love that's available to you, just play with raising it, even just a little bit more, two times more, three times more, ten times more, because there is no lack of love in this universe, and it's actually meant to increase and increase and increase in your life as time goes on. That's amazing. I love that. And tell us where, of course, we can find you, follow you, all that good stuff. 
Yes. So you can find me on my website. It's loveworksmethod.com. You can follow me on Instagram. I love Instagram. So definitely message me there. It's at Nicole Moore love on Instagram. Um, I have a podcast. It's called love works with Nicole Moore. You can find that on iTunes and, um, you know, on YouTube, just anywhere, Nicole Moore love. If you put that in Google, you will find me. I love it. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for spreading the love uh, always and especially right now. And uh, cheers till next time, guys. Bye.